Grace and peace to you. <clears throat> I pray that all is well. God bless you. It has been a while. Amen. I try to take moments when I can to share what the Spirit of the Lord is impressing upon my heart. And I want to share with you a dream that I had had. I woke up out of this dream this morning and immediately went into prayer seeking the Lord about um, what it was that he was saying and what is the message. Because I knew it was a, a dream that had a corporate um, message to it. And so I didn't want to um, delay in releasing what I feel the Spirit of God is saying. In this dream, I had just given birth. And um, for some reason, I was unable to embrace this child as soon as it was born. And so there were other caretakers in the room who were there to support. And um, it seems as though I had been, I don't know if I was still in recovery or what it was, but it, 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 it had been several hours from the time I had given birth until the time I actually embraced this child. And so when I had had, uh, I guess I had woken up or what have you, and I summoned for my baby. And um, at first I woke up perturbed. And I want you all to hear what the spirit of God is saying. I woke up perturbed in my spirit because when I woke up, I expected the nurse, the uh, bassinet or the crib to be there in the room. I expected those who understood the art of midwifery who understood the art of birthing, um, to have that baby there, even though I was resting or whatever the situation was, I expected them. In other words, I had confidence in that medical team to know how vitally important it was for the baby and the mother to bond. So when I had woken up and I knew by the time I had woken up, I realized that it had only been several hours, <coughs> excuse me. And so I woke up perturbed and I began to ask some of the caretakers and I said, where is my baby? And someone said, oh, let me go and get her for you. And so there was small talk around the room, but my mind was focused on where was the baby? What had happened during the time, those three, four hours that had elapsed between giving birth and where the baby was. So my concern was the welfare of the baby who had uh, care of the baby and, and just the baby's welfare. And so there were people around me making small talk. They could not discern where my my concerns were. They, it, they were oblivious to that because they themselves had not given birth to that baby. I want you to hear God because I feel like sometimes we expect people to have the same heart and the same uh, commitment to what you've birthed. And even though they are there because these folks were caretakers, they were people that were in my circle, um, but they did not have the same, uh, cons they didn't share my concern. They didn't share the degree of my concern for finding out the welfare of my baby. To them, they were saying, oh, well, you needed to get some rest and the baby is fine. And even though all of that was true, and I want you to hear it, God, okay? Even though all of that was true, I appreciated them allowing me time to rest. I appreciated them making sure the baby had been changed and, and, and all of that. But they failed to realize the, the importance of the bond that needed to take place between the parent and that child. And so I was perturbed by that. And there was small talk, small talk in the room while um, someone went to go and get the baby. 
when so by this time i'm fully alert i'm sitting up in my bed and this is all a dream you guys okay i'm sitting up in my bed and i'm hearing the conversation and in my spirit i'm torn because again i'm concerned okay where is the baby why has it been several hours what's going on what has happened listen what has happened during the time that i was in recovery what has happened to my baby who has my baby been exposed to are you hearing god <coughs> and so during that time, so so I'm sitting up in the bed, I'm fully alert. Uh, I've got a lot of things going on in my mind or what have you. And so I started to ask, um, I said, well, who went to go get the baby? And so, you know, names were dropped or what have you. And then the person, <clears throat> a person walked in and <laughs> handed me my baby, but they were holding the, this newborn baby by her right arm. Now picture that, Okay. The baby was not swaddled. And that, that's what my theme was when the, the Lord woke me up from the dream. I immediately went to Luke chapter two and started looking at Mary and looking at the connection Mary had to her baby and how that baby had no contact with anyone else except Mary. Joseph was there. The angels were there, the shepherds and the, the wise men. But that baby was solely placed in Mary's care. I want you to hear God. Okay. And so when this woman handed me my baby, this newborn baby by the right arm, um, I, I, I was upset. <laughs> I'm just going to put that mildly. I was very upset. And so I said, let me, I said, bring the doctor here. And so when the doctor came in and they were checking me and my vitals and all of that, and I said, look, I'm fine. And I began to explain to the, to the, uh, to the attending physician, my concerns and I won't go into all of that because I don't want to steer away from the core of what I feel like God was showing. But listen, when I had when I finally embraced my baby, my baby didn't recognize me. In other words, in that short period of time, and this is what this is. a I feel like this is a prophetic dream. Certainly, God has certainly shown me some things. But I, I also feel like this is a corporate um, word uh, I wouldn't even say a warning. I would just say an exhortation, things that we need to be aware of. Those of you who have been entrusted with babies, and I'm not talking about natural babies, even though I birthed five babies and I can tell you, yes, I was very particular and I still am <laughs> over my babies. Right. And that, that's a whole nother situation. But I feel like the Lord is speaking to those whom he has entrusted with babies. And I feel like sometimes rather there are periods of times when we need to recover Amen. Many of us who are, are caretakers, right? Um, you take hits and there are times then that, yes, you do need time to heal. You need time to rest. You need time to recover. But I feel like even in those times, we need to be mindful of those that we allow in that room to help babysit or nurse the baby while we're in recovery. Okay. And so I begin to uh, chide this attending physician because I said to him, I said, you should have known better. And it was here's the thing. I wasn't sick. I had just given birth and fell asleep. Right. And so but during that time, there's a soberness that I feel like God is saying to the body of Christ. And I feel it, too. Amen. That there's a there's a sobriety. Right. And an alertness that we need to have to not be so casual about whom we are entrusting 
our babies with. Now, your baby may be a ministry baby. It may be a business baby. It may be a physical baby. It may be a brain baby. You know what I'm saying? Like something cognitive, a, a vision or goal or what have you. So this can speak to anybody. I'm, I, yeah, I am speaking to leaders, but I don't want you to confine this to just those serving in ministry. Um, because there have been many babies of mine that I've entrusted into different hands. And amen, some of that has gone well, some of that has not gone well. Amen. And and so those are all learning experiences. I call them teachable moments that you know going forward, okay, I won't do that. I can't do this. I dare not even entertain doing that. And And so these are lessons for us. And you can't, listen, you can't fault the negligent caretaker. If you remember in scripture, the Bible talks about <coughs> excuse me, Mephibosheth and the nurse who dropped him. And and so yeah, we can we can fault the nurse because in a haste she grabbed this child and slipped and tripped or what have you and fell and damaged him. And that's another that's another story. But what she did, she did out of what she felt was best for that child. So, you know what I'm saying? Circumstances happen. And so we're not blaming it. And, and, and let me say this, too. Let me just say this. There are some intentionally negligent caretakers that are out to sabotage your baby. So let's let's also talk about that. Let's just bring that to the forefront as well. But what I'm saying is in my room, these caretakers were not intentionally negligent. They just did not share the same passion I had for my baby. So it's nothing against them so much as it was an awakening for me, a moment of enlightenment for me. And so <clears throat> I chatted this uh, attending physician because he should have known better. He should have known the science of a mother uh, bonding with the child at birth. And for whatever reason, and, you know, for whatever reason, he didn't adhere to that. Okay. So when I saw this baby, my newborn baby being brought to me, held by the right arm, I, I lost it and I went off. Right. Um, and, and so, but listen, another uh, part of the dream that I realized that I did is that when I brought my baby in and embraced her to me, I didn't like her smell. She didn't smell like me. And if you've mothered, um, you know, as I've stated, I've birthed five children and I've kept them all close to me and I still do. Even when they were younger, for the most part, I stayed home with them those couple of years as much as I could. But there were also times that I had others helping to babysit or, or what have you. Um, and, and so one of the things that I had always done, and it didn't really make sense to me until the Lord uh, woke me up this morning and started just communing with me in my spirit about this dream was that whenever I would bring my babies home, if they had been at someone's house or in someone's care, outside of my home. Sometimes I would have someone come in my home, but then there were other times that I would drop the kids off and then go to work or go wherever and come back and pick them up. But one of the things that I realized that I, <clears throat> that I did like habitually is no sooner I had gotten home, I would bathe my babies because there was a certain smell. There was a certain fragrance that I expected from my from from my children right in other words i'm not expecting someone to do for my child what i know intrinsically needs to be done for my child i don't expect them if they're wiping the baby i don't expect them to go into the folds and creases right i do that i know to do that i go behind the ears and inside the ears and the belly but i mean i was very meticulous about the way i cleaned my babies and so whenever they would visit someone or stay with someone i would bring them home and immediately bathe them and then as i was communing with the holy spirit this morning the lord he took me back many many years ago and that i had certain projects um 
uh, products. I love Johnson and Johnson baby magic. I just love the smell of baby magic. And so, you know, I didn't those that's the way I wanted my baby's hair to smell. It's the way I wanted their skin. I had the shampoo, the baby bath and the lotion. Right. And so it was just that certain smell that uh, that I expected. And so I think likewise in the realm of the spirit, certainly when we come before the Lord, there's a certain fragrance, right? And that the Lord can tell when there's a strange odor, when there's a, a, a mixture, <coughs> when there's a mixture, um, the Lord knows the difference, right? And he's not going to receive anything that comes outside of that prescribed formula for worship or, or the word or, or ministering or serving or whatever it is that we're doing. There's a certain aroma that God expects to come from the, act, from the altar of sacrifice, from the altar of service, from the altar of worship. There's a certain smell. Likewise, when I received my baby, I was expecting her to have a certain smell. However, because my caretakers didn't know about Johnson & Johnson baby magic, right? They didn't know that. And they weren't invested enough in how I wanted my baby to smell to say, hey, well, I've noticed that this these are the products that she used. In other words, what I'm saying is we, we have to be very mindful that when we are extending our giftings or our visions or our ministries or our businesses or whatever your baby is, that we have to be mindful that there may be caretakers in the room who don't fully understand, uh, you know, what it means to you to provide care. In other words, what may be fine for their household may not be the standard that you set for your household or for your thing, if you understand what I'm saying. So I feel like the Lord is just speaking to us in uh, as in terms of those of us who are carriers, <coughs> those of us who are carriers that you need to know, first of all, who your caretakers are when there are seasons and there will be times when you need to rest. There will be times when you need to heal. There will be times when you need to recover. Amen. Uh, but you need to know who your caretakers are. In other words, before you go down, right, to take your rest, before you go down to take that nap or take that time off, or what have you, make sure that you can um, identify who your caretakers are. And not only that, not only that, make sure that your caretakers are aware Make sure that you provide them with the information. In other words, again, going back to the natural scene of it, if you are taking your child to a babysitter or a daycare, um, I'm in education. And so when we're when we're enrolling students, there's a, a contact information form, right? Um, we want to know who the parents are. We want to know the address. We need your phone number. Nowadays, we're asking for emails. Um, who are the um, emergency contacts? In other words, if we can't reach you, who is the next person that you have chosen that we can contact on your behalf? Right? Which hospital? God forbid, if there's an injury or your student gets sick, <clears throat> which hospital? Right. I'm in Charlotte. So there are numerous, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, healthcare care uh, uh, institutions here. Which hospital? Um, what's the kid's doctor's name? Right. Um, are there any allergies? In other words, I'm, I marvel. I marvel at how the world's systems in some cases are much more um, streamlined than what we see sometimes in the body of Christ. And I'm not saying that we don't have that wisdom available. I'm just saying sometimes we don't know to tap into it. And so I feel like this message was a message of revelation for me because here's the thing. There is a birthing. I'm, I'm pregnant right now. 
And so there's a birthing that I know is about to take place, right? And so God is showing me prophetically, daughter, that when this thing happens, that you're going it, it, to, at the time that you give birth, you're going to actually go into a time of recovery because there's going to be so much uh, uh, conflict surrounding that and you're going to exert so much energy surrounding giving birth that for a short very short period of time immediately following the birthing i'm going to require you to rest i feel god i feel god at the at the time that you give birth i'm going to pull you in for rest <laughs> amen i didn't because in the dream i did not perceive that i was under attack it was just that the the challenge and, and, and maybe the um the the organization, you know what I'm saying? The organizing, let me say that, of, of, of things coming together or inserting something new or pri learning how to what takes priority in that season. It, it may require um, so much diligence and so much effort that it after that thing is birthed, after it has been manifested, God may say, come and rest before you begin to execute it. Right. And so I don't, I don't so don't, hear, hear my heart. Amen. Don't listen with a spirit of offense. Um, this is not something that has happened in the past. This is not even something that is happening right now. But I feel like the Lord is showing me that, daughter, when you when you give birth to this, I'm going to pull you in for a very brief time of recovery to heal. But at the same time, listen, the Lord is showing me right now. Come on now. He's showing me that which is to come, but he's also showing me right now caretakers who don't have, amen, uh, 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 that information. So it's, this is not an indictment against my, the caretakers, the folks in my circle. This is not against, trust me, because if I couldn't trust them, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be in my circle. Let me just say that. But so this is not an indictment against those who are in my circle. But this is a warning to me to prepare those who are going to be in that room. And there was not a lot of people. I can count them on my hand. Amen. There was not a lot of folks in that room. But the Lord is showing me that the folks in the room are willing to support. However, you are going to come out of that season of recovery disappointed and angry because <laughs> the Lord knows his daughter. Right. He knows my temperament. You're going to come out of there angry if you don't guide them with expectations. Is anybody hearing God? And so for me, this was prophetic. For some of you, this may be a word of knowledge. This may be where some of you are right now. And you may hear the spirit of God saying, son, daughter, you're frustrated because you've expected someone to execute something and you didn't give them the tools that they needed. And so now you're <laughs> now you're feeling some kind of way you're disappointed and you've withdrawn or what have you because you've expected something out of someone that you listen. You can't expect something from someone who don't who uh, you have not uh, expanded their capacity. Some folks, you haven't given them the capacity to learn what your expectations are. So you can't fault them when you're disappointed in their inability to deliver what you're looking for. You never gave that tool to them. OK, so what God is showing me is you need to tool your people. Right. Those who are going to be assigned in that delivery room while you're in recovery, those who are going to be caring for this thing. You need to go ahead and start preparing them now. Because when I pull you in for rest, right, they're going to be the ones holding that baby until you step back in to take charge. You understand what I'm saying? So so the word the Lord was giving me as I woke up and I was like, my God, what are you saying, Lord? What is going on? And he took me to Luke 2 and <coughs> he began to speak to me about Mary and the swaddling clothes. And listen, only the mother can swaddle that baby. 
You know the clothes. Remember Yochebed when Moses, amen, when she sent Moses to down to the Nile River, she knew exactly what to swaddle Moses in. Only the mother, only the carrier, right? Only the life giver knows what that baby needs to be swaddled in. My natural babies were swaddled up in baby magic. Right. And, and and so only the caregiver knows that. But then if you have other folk, uh, primary caregiver knows that. But if you have other folk who are attending or who are supporting, it is your responsibility to share the dream. Let me say this and I'm going to let you go. The other part of that is too, for those of you who are caretakers, know that you are not the original life giver. In other words, listen. You may not have received the guidance or the instructions. Again, I'm in education, right? Sometimes I get the contact cards from parents and, you know, it has the mother's name, mother's phone number, and that's it. Like you don't have any other information. So when that happens, you have to make, right? You've got to make an executive decision. Come on, somebody. You have to make an executive decision based upon the needs of that child and what the best practice is at the moment. In other words, if that child was yours, what would you do? So there is also the burden of the caregiver that even when you have been tasked with holding someone's baby, whatever that thing may be, understand, number one, that's not yours. And understand that you need to govern that accordingly. Know that, like, when I was in my hospital bed and I sat up and I said, where's my baby? Know that when that person calls for that baby back, you are required to give the baby back. Right? You are required. It doesn't matter how attached you've been doesn't matter how many clothes you bought for the baby doesn't matter how cute listen you have to learn your role and i love to say this stay in your lane know when you're the auntie or the uncle and know that you're not the mom or the dad you know what i'm saying know when when that that uh uh, uh the um executive caretaker says or the life giver says bring my baby back you have to bring that baby back or you kidnap You usurp authority. So the burden of the caretaker is if you are attending to someone's baby, you also have a responsibility for the way that you govern while you that thing, that baby is in your custody or in your care. And even if you don't know what to do, use the best practice. What if it was yours? What would you do? One last thing, last thing I'm going to share, and then I'm going to go for real, for real, is know that in a season where you had to step up and be the primary caretaker of a child that was not yours, you care for it, know when to give it back, and don't be offended when the mother or the father or the life giver re-swaddles the baby. Is anybody hearing God know that if you hand my baby back and it has your sweater on, has your hat, your shoes, your socks in your face, I may strip that baby off and give you your give you your clothes back and put my clothes on that child. Come on, somebody. And you can't get offended by that. Why? Because that life giver knows the smell, knows what that baby should be swaddled in. And so even though you've done your best with what you had. 
you still cannot take offense when they unravel that cloth that you put on and they wrap that baby up in their swaddling cloths because that's the way they identify what belongs to them. And Christ does us the same way. So God bless you. I pray that that the, the dream and the interpretation and the, the propheticness of, of what I have just shared um, blesses you. I pray that if you're in that season where you have given life to something and, and, and maybe you got hit, maybe you got hit with a bout of warfare or, or maybe, you know, right now I'm battling some infirmity, praise God. Um, and it's just because my immune system has been compromised. Amen. Um, and, and so there may be times when you may have to say, hey, I need you to do this in my place. I need you to do that in my place. Amen. But with that, give the instructions. Okay, with that, give the instructions. And then when it's time, when you recover strength, okay, I'm going to take that back now. And there needs to be an understanding. So the enemy doesn't, the Bible said, give no place to the enemy. There needs to be an understanding and there needs to be conversations about what that looks like. Amen. Um, so you may be in that season right now. And I feel like the Lord is just giving you the wisdom that you need. Some of you may be in a season where you've given someone uh <clears throat> Authority to care over your baby. And now, you know, maybe you're too reluctant. You, you know, maybe there's a passive aggressiveness where you want it back, but you don't really know what they're going to say or how they're going to react. And I'm telling you that if you birth it, you have a responsibility before God to go get it back. OK, and so you need to have that conversation. And then again, there may be some of you who are caretakers and you're like, OK, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing with this. I, all I know is she said for me to do this or he told me to do that. And so what I'm saying to you, even though you may not have received the direct instruction from them, go to God or make the phone call. Hey, I um, got the message that you wanted me to do so and so. So now exactly what do you want me to do? Right. Have that conversation because God is not the author of confusion. And sometimes what we think is best, the Bible says our thoughts are not like God's thoughts. And, and so you want to make sure that to receive the blessedness. Listen, there was a blessedness in the house of Obed-Edom because they knew how to uh, how to care for the Ark of the Covenant. And so you may be entrusted with caring for something and you're thinking, you know, well, I've got to do this. Isn't Listen, <laughs> it's not even my job. This is not even my responsibility. This is not even right. And that's all true. However, maybe there's something God is trying to get into your house. And so he's allowing you to be a part of a movement. He's allowing you to be a part of an experience so that you can receive an impartation of that blessed thing that he has released upon the earth. So God bless you. Grace and peace. I pray this word has been um, enriching and rewarding for you. I pray that you will see the fruit um, of the wisdom of this word harvesting in your life. Amen. Until next time. God bless you.